On today's Question of Faith, is talking with Jesus a violation of stranger danger for kids? Everybody, welcome to Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, a Vicar for Evangelization. And I'm Brooke Uline, Communications Manager for the Diocese. Brooke is back. Hey, happy anniversary, Brooke. Thank you. Was it five years? Five years. Working here. I, yeah, working here this week, this time frame. Yeah. 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 But, While we're recording. Yeah. Yes. Probably passing us as we as we speak. Right. 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 And you all yeah. can't see it, but Brooke is wearing a top that has lemons on it. And she just told us before we started the show that lemons are in this year, both in your home and in your wardrobe. In your wardrobe, yes. I'm, I'm going so. out and buying a lemon shirt right after this podcast. <laughs> I have a lemon in my uh, suit pocket here. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't. Uh, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the spirit is like everybody wants to be outside and traveling. And so, you know, like uh, freshness, right? Beachwear, cruisewear, Bahama wear, you know, like that's the vibe you want to give. Yeah. Zest. Zest. Yeah. Yeah. Lemon zest. There's a drink where you take a piece of the peel or something and it's a a zest. Yes. I don't know. Mm. These are all trends that we just don't know, right, Father? Right. It's true. <laughs> You're welcome. It's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when when I was um, when I first went to Busted Halo, uh, the Knicks were really big at that point, and um, all the celebrities were going to Nick games. And I said to my wife, I said, eh, I can't go to Nick games anymore. And she said, Why? I said, because going to Nick games are trendy, and I'm not trendy. And she said, Oh, honey, don't worry. <laughs> no, no one thought you were trendy before. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years, still going. <laughs> I don't think that. And then anyway, we were talking about, uh, this is a question that came from our grandparent workshop, is talking with Jesus a violation for stranger danger with kids? So, there, so if we want to have, we want our children to have a relationship with Jesus, but we also tell our children not to talk to strangers, what's up with that? <laughs> what's up with that what's what up, up with that that's a great we, see mike and i before the show we're talking about sound bites that we have to have that we could plug in we want to do that snl that, one that'll be one of that's them. one of them for sure yeah <laughs> brooke you yeah well you have some you have you brought a journal yeah. what are your thoughts on this question yeah. i know you were doing your homework yesterday when i stopped up i was because well when you asked if i would join i'm like this is my wheelhouse yeah. like i just always for our own family and for our circle of friends and then even anyone who, you know, we encounter, we're always trying to say, like, look, this isn't brain science or surgery or whatever the <laughs> word is, like, right? Anyone can can do this. And that it's just like anything, the more you're comfortable with your friendships and the more that it surrounds you, it doesn't become stranger or danger Mm. it's just a part of your everyday living um and i think a lot of it too having jesus in our heart and in our lives is just about what you're doing every day and then what you do in the big moments of the year the things that impact your kids right your kids always remember christmas birthdays easter you know those huge celebrations like even recall your own memory right now like I mean, I can remember my even, like, first communion, my confirmation. So as parents or grandparents, friends, neighbors, you're constantly, I hope, thinking about how your child is going to reflect on that. Mm. And it carries with them. So 
I don't know if that kind of helps kick yeah, us think, off, but I think one of the issues that maybe the grandparents are coming up with was uh, my my grandchild doesn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's trying to introduce them to Jesus because their parents have not. Yeah. So how do I do that without yeah. it being like Jesus? Who who's this Jesus guy? Right. He's a stranger. I don't talk right. to strangers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think too, just to take it a step further. Um, I have no idea if my sister is listening to this or not, but <laughs> she shared during Lent or Advent, I can't really remember this year, um, because of the pandemic. So my nephew would have been, I think, two or three mm-hmm. when the p- pandemic started and sure. then you didn't go to church. Like, and they moved during that time. Oh, even worse, yeah. Long story short, he did not recognize the crucifix the first time they went back to Mass. Oh, wow. And she was like, what are you talking about? That's Jesus. You know, she was mortified and shocked. Mm. But the whole point was like, wow, you didn't realize like we, for her, it was like baby Jesus. You know, we talked about Christmas. (laughs) We did all these things. But by the time her family actually entered back into mass, you know, it was kind of like uh, surprising to him. So grandparents or, you know, Catholics who practice, Mm -hmm. I think, sometimes can come across this. Um, But I would say to answer the direct question would be, like, even small steps help, you know? Um, A good friend that we mutually share, Desi and Matt Gould, um, they shared with me years ago that they save all their Christmas cards. Mm. And so at that time, again, the kids would have been two, three years old, And from after Christmas that whole year, they take one card out at dinnertime or bedtime, and the kids pick the card out randomly, and then that is the family that they say a special intention for at mealtime or mass time. She got this idea, sorry, Des, (laughs) um, from this book called The Catholic All-Year Compendium. Compendium, yeah. Mm. Liturgical Living for Real Life by Kendra Tierney. I highly recommend this book. I've flagged multiple pages. Um, So I started in a small step, Ryan and I started with a small step of doing this Christmas card. And it really helped Jordan learn, our daughter, like, you know, we want to model Christ and prayer is a big part of your life. And the more you do those things and maybe incorporate images of Jesus, holy water, you know, different blessings Mm. into just the Christmas card prayer, then you're like, okay, we can do something else. And then you're celebrating like saints feast days, you know, her name's Jordan. So we go with, um, when Jesus was baptized, Yeah, Yeah, um, you know, my middle name's Elizabeth. I'm not so certain I was named after a specific Elizabeth, but we go with Elizabeth Ann Seton because she goes to Catholic school. And that keeps us, again, like keeping that ball Mm. rolling of that relationship and that, you know, saints were friends of Jesus or modeled Christ-like behavior. You know, they became saints for a reason. Um, I don't know if I'm if I'm making sense or it's connecting good. Yeah, no, the you dots. Are. Very good sense, yeah. But the point of this book, the Catholic All Year Compendium, gives you these little examples, and it's not even always like sugar coated. One of the ideas that we've incorporated is Spy Wednesday, so when Judas betrayed mm-hmm. Jesus, and I think that even models, you know, um, what Jesus is 
relationship was like with Judas on both ends of the spectrum, right? How Judas was to Jesus, you know, but yeah. that's a very good teaching moment for a young child, you know, and to get it really down to their level. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of what you're doing is tapping into the liturgical year, which is a great blessing that we Catholics have, whether it's feast days or the penitential seasons of Lent and Advent. Mm-hmm. Spy Wednesday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whole, okay. All of Holy Week and all that, yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. that helps us better understand the faith. When, when I was up in Brooke's office yesterday, and she, because I didn't know what the question was until I popped in there, <laughs> but I thought this is actually a very important theological question because it it asks the question who God is and then who Jesus is. And Jesus, of course, is both true God and true man, both at the same time, not diminishing either his divinity or humanity. And if God is the one who created us and we're made in his image and likeness, that he can't be a stranger. Mm. By the very fact that we are his creation and he's our creator, then he's our friend. And when he takes on our flesh, he takes on everything that we human beings experience except sin itself, although he takes, he doesn't sin, but he takes on the sins of the world to save us from sin. So more than anything, he's our friend. And a lot of it seems like what parents, their job and grandparents to do is introduce people to Jesus as friend mm-hmm. and savior. And what does a friend do? A friend lays down his life, you know, no one has greater love than this than to lay down your life for your friends. And so that's what Jesus does for us on the cross. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It was funny. Was it your nephew mm-hmm. who got to know him, uh, the incarnation in the in the cradle, but mm-hmm. then had to be reintroduced to him on the cross? Because that that's a really an important insight too. That should be a jarring image, mm-hmm. the crucifixion. That mm-hmm. that's very strange that we have a, a, a man who's being you know uh, killed, mm-hmm. uh, imaged in the center of most of our our Catholic churches and the sanctuaries, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Th- Catechesis evangelization is the answer to yeah, this question. Absolutely, yeah. Introduce people to Jesus, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it probably doesn't just go for our kids and our, um, you know, our grandkids. But you know, what about some of our friends? You know, what about the people who who don't get to know Jesus, who who have made Jesus into a stranger? Maybe right. you know, how mm-hmm. do we do that for them? Yeah, you know, same kind of thing. And sin sin estranges us from God, pulls us apart from our relationship with God. But Jesus says, I no longer call you uh, slaves, slaves, but friends. And yeah, we're, we're not, we're not intended to be strangers to God, but friends with God. He desires friendship with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, like, right. Friendship is fun. <laughs> and so for, for children, you know, Everything, something's going to work different for everyone, but find that thing that connects with them, that creates that happy moment, and then just keep building off of that. Yeah. You know, um, I always say, like, growing, we are not um, Irish, so St. Patrick's Day was like not a thing for us. But then when I got to high school, it was very apparent there was a huge, you know, Irish Catholic culture sure. at O'Leary Catholic. And, um, my mom was like, oh, yeah, go embrace that. Have fun. Like, mm-hmm. you know, do all the things with the friends on St. Patrick's Day. You know, go to this mass, travel downtown because she realized, like, that was the next evolution in 
her parenting, I guess, right. yeah. to us as teens. Yeah. So. Realize why you're celebrating, right? You know, it's yeah. the kind of thing. You know? yeah. We have all these celebrations for saint days. You know, I could remember as a kid going through the streets with the statue of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and mm-hmm. these big, huge processions. And afterwards, there was this huge party mm-hmm. afterwards. And as you said, Brooke, it was fun, right? Yeah. You know, we had, we had a, uh, just a load of good times just doing that, you know. It's neat how in Catholicism and in reality – that grace builds on or grace completes nature. So the way that you're going to come to know the truth about God and who he is is uh, by way of analogy in terms of friendship. So if if you can understand what it means to have friends in school or here at work, then you could say, oh, well, that's what friendship's like. And God wants to have the perfect friendship with me and will never abandon me and will always be there. So it's similar to the relationship with parents and children. If you understand what it means to have a good father or a good mother, it's easier to understand God's fatherhood or Mary's motherhood. And the reverse is true, too. If we've had um, relationships where we've been hurt in friendships, then we can see God not as one who wants to befriend us, but maybe one who wants to compete with us and steal our joy or our freedom. And that's not true. So a lot of times the healing um, needs to take place through grace, but on human level, um, and then that that healing can also help us with our uh, relationship with God, the persons of the Trinity, Mary and the saints, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. But those two are related. There's definitely a relationship there that needs to be acknowledged, you know? Yeah. My friend Margaret used to say all the time, if you had a friend and you got together with them eh, like once a week and all you did was do the same exact thing – Every single time you got together and never did anything else, what kind of relationship would that be like? Mm-hmm. And we're all just sort of thought, thought about it and said, yeah, that would be a lousy relationship. Should Yeah. And how many people's relationship with Christ is like that? Mm-hmm. Where they, they go to mass, they punch their time card, and they leave, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't ever get any deeper than that. And yeah, and it kind of like challenged a bunch of you know, my friend group at the time, saying, "Yeah, you know, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe we maybe we need to deepen this a little bit." For for me, I think too, the the colloquy part of the examine has been very helpful. It's where you imagine that you have a one on one conversation with mm-hmm. Jesus, and then you sit back mm-hmm. and you imagine what he would say in response. You know, and for me, that's kind of opened up you know, a relationship more than it would if I just sat back and did nothing or if I just went to Mass and only experienced Christ in that way. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's been it's been really fruitful for me to kind of think back, well, okay, well, if this is a relationship, God wants what's best for me. And so he's going to give me advice in this moment. He's going to push me in the way that I want to be pushed, you mm-hmm. know, in the way that I need to be pushed, you know, more importantly, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of your analogy as, as well as you just said it about mass and it it's it's easy to fall into the autopilot trap of just punching your ticket but if you think about mass as a date or right. something like this mm-hmm. where you get together with your best friend once a week and you go to dinner and you share your word so at mass god is sharing his word his word is living and effective and then he's giving himself to us in right. the Eucharist, and we're receiving that. And that is a renewal, but also the buildup to that and what pours out of that. So it's it's not that just that you think about that for that one hour. Your your week is building up to that and flowing out of that that moment. Yeah. So it's relational. I mean, right. we, get, we yeah. get to this all the time on the show, whether it's inviting people to things mm-hmm. in the church, how important the relationship is. And it's not just um, punching the ticket. It's not just right. transactional, but relational. Right. And I think, too, another – I just while you were speaking, Mike gave me another idea. We did this during Advent this year. 
um, for grandparents or parents out there, look at your missile when you go to the pew and look at the front. Usually there's some type of artwork on Mm. there and ask your child, what do you see in this picture? That's Lexio Divina. Is that right? Lexio. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Vizio Divina. Sorry. Thank you. No, that's right. Um, Because that's a practice I think that a lot of adults do during their study, but you know, that's always there. Your missile's always there. And each mm-hmm. week they might notice something different, you know. Um, we also subscribe to uh, – there's a subscription service called the Magnificat for Kids. Yeah. Magnificids. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And um, it comes every month in a monthly packet, and it's a kid-based guide right. to mass. And there's always a picture and a quiz and a maze and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And and Jordan is like sort of almost on the bubble of that. Like she's growing out of it now that she understands the mass more. But during the, uh, there was a picture of the visitation, Elizabeth and, and Mary. And I believe the picture is, I don't know who had the baby, if it was Mary or there's a the picture on was of a child in womb, but you could see the baby. Ah, makes okay, sense. I got you. Yeah. And Jordan was like, after mass, like, what is this? <laughs> 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 like, she was, her mind was blown. She was a little nervous, a little scared, but she was like, what, what is that? And, and we had to talk about it, you know, but it, it's a good thing. And you have to not be so scared as a parent or grandparent. Yeah. To just work your way out of that bubble of like, okay, we're going to have this conversation right now. We're going to do this because that's part of friendship. You have sure. a, you have tough conversations. Right. You grow from it. And, you know, you're better moving forward. Yeah. So. Be curious about what your kid's curious about, right? Mm, yeah. You know, think, you know they bring you this question and say, oh, they're being curious about this. Good. Mm-hmm. Let, right. me, let me engage that now and find out what else they're curious about in this moment. I'm thinking yeah. of your home parish, too, Holy Trinity. Uh-huh. You've got beautiful stained glass windows mm-hmm. there and some nice statues around. And even when, when you walk out of the sacristy, because I was covering Mass two weeks ago, mm-hmm. there's a statue of a little altar boy with an incense thing, and I always tap the little <laughs> thurible, and it goes back and forth. But there's fascinating things for children to be there in a church are. and say, wow, what's this, Mom? What's this, Dad? And what does all this mean? And that's fun because – it stimulates the imagination. I mean, Catholics are very sensual people, right. and I mean that in the broadest philosophical, anthropological sense. We, the, our liturgies hit the senses. We smell the incense. Mm-hmm. We see the candles. We hear the music. There's color in the liturgical calendar. So all those things help us befriend Jesus and not make him so – like he's still strange in the best sense of the word. Like, oh, my gosh, he's God and he's also a human being. But he's our friend. Mm-hmm. And that's – I think it's living – we've talked about this too. It's living in the context of that mystery. Mm-hmm. There's something that we're not going to be able to calculate mathematically or scientifically. And it doesn't mean that we're against math or science. We're not. Mm-hmm. But this element of faith broadens our ability to know the world and the reality and the truth of the world. And mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun for kids. Yeah. Like, wow, this is awesome. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, you just, yeah. For anyone listening, like if you need to make a baby step, I think just you have to put something forward and see kind of what, what grasps and traditions, like I said, are a great, great way of doing that. There is, I'm not sure if you two would know, but there's a spinoff of frozen Olaf's, holiday adventure or something like that where he go Elsa and Anna realize they don't have a Christmas tradition because right they don't have any parents and their sisterhood <laughs> right. was 
messed up. So Olaf goes out to try to find them like a Christmas tradition. And someone introduces the Christmas tree to him. And he goes, wait a minute. You cut down a tree and dress its corpse in lights. Like, <laughs> right? Hysterical. And it's like, if you if you dumb it down like that, you're like, yeah, I guess we do. But Jordan would never, right? It's this glorious Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Like, or mm-hmm. any child would say that, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But but that doesn't mean you can't apply that to your relationship with sure. the right. church or prayer or Jesus. You know, you have to build on that. Yeah. So. so it sounds like what we're saying is don't make Jesus a stranger and he won't be one. Yeah. You know, it, it's not like, you know, that John Mulaney bit, you know, it's <laughs> you're, you're, you're never talk to an adult that you don't know. And you're usually taught that by an adult that you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, in some <laughs> kind of school assembly or something. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and the church is not all that different. Right. You know, we're, we're taught to find a person in Jesus and we're taught to that, you know, by someone who could be a stranger. If we don't introduce them to our clergy, if we don't introduce them to the parish staff, mm-hmm. if we don't introduce them to all the traditions that we have in the church, mm-hmm. all those things, you know, you, you know, kids don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And lest uh, our colleague Miguel Chavez chastise us, <laughs> we should say this too, that if we are friends with Jesus and he's our friend, one of the best things to do is introduce people to your friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for parents... Um, or grandparents in this situation, let me tell you about who this Jesus is and who he is in my life and how I talk to him and what my relationship is like with him and why I love him so much and why he loves me. That's the personal witness and testimony, that, and that's evangelization at the end of the day. Yeah. I have one more story after you said Go that. For it. Clicked Go with for me. it. Sorry. You got um, that lemon blouse on. This, I got the zest so zesty. in me. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> this is pre-pandemic. I went on a girl's trip, and I have a sweet, sweet friend who – you know, a couple times during the trip, like she forgot to pack the wallet in her purse or she tripped on the sidewalk and she would take the Lord's name in vain. And she would immediately turn around to me and a couple other ladies and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. To the point that I was like, you're not, don't like uh, say, forget, ask for forgiveness, you know? And so we started talking about what that means to ask for forgiveness and reconcile, you know, to God. And then by the end of the trip, she was saying, instead of taking the Lord's name in vain, if something clumsy or forgetful mm. would happen, she would say, dear Jesus, help me. Mm. Dear oh, Jesus, guide me. And I don't know if everyone realizes, like, that's part of evangelizing. Sure you know, that's is. part of evangelization. Like, yeah. it's just these little small steps, Christmas cards, mm. changing the way you think or say things when you get frustrated, you know. Yeah, making yeah. people aware of what they're, you know, what they're doing and what they're experiencing too, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's a good way to sort of change the way things go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do a lot of this in a church, and so we're going to go to Our Lady of Grace this week in Hinkley, Ohio. Have you been there before? It's been a while, but my classmate, Father Bill Smith, is the pastor, and he is 20 years older than me. And was formerly a nurse anesthetist. And yeah. Wow. Yeah, no I, kidding, right? I did not knock, know that. I'll knock yeah. you out. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Father Dan Schlegel joke. Um, and so he was the head of the chaplains, which makes sense because he's part of the medical uh, sure. field for so long. And I, I don't know how long he's been pastor, maybe three or four years. It's a fairly modern church yes. i think it's on ridge road or state road it's it's in uh, ridge ridge I road believe. okay yeah. and they have a beautiful pavilion out back too mm. and i don't know i don't it's it's 
it's a small parish, but that community is building up around there. But yeah. then the city's owners don't want it to build up too much because they like the country Hinkley feel. So, um, but I don't, I can't say much because I haven't been. I was in there maybe four or five years ago. I've, yeah, um, I've only been in there once. I was just there recently. Um, one of our deacon, our new deacon, celebrated his first mass there. Oh, uh, okay. Deacon Scott. So we, uh, so we went out, and it was the first time I was there. You're, you're right. It is sort of like an expansive area that's around there, mm-hmm. and they have like a little grotto like all the way in the back that I think they just recently built um, out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, same kind of experience that you had. I think it was, it was a really lovely kind of close knit community. Mm-hmm. You could tell that um, Deacon Scott was really close with the people who had been praying with them for. Um, for the five years that he's been studying. So he was uh, very touched to, to be able to celebrate his first mass there. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a co- it's, it feels cozy. Cozy, to me. yeah. That's a, good, that's a good way to put it, yeah. And then our gospel this weekend uh, is uh, so that they may be one. You know, Jesus' words to the Father, that all may be one. You know, we forget that that's always Jesus' prayer in the Gospel of John, that we might all be one. Yeah, and the first reading, speaking of de- deacons, yeah. is uh, the stoning of Stephen. Correct, yes. Which reminds me of Bob Dylan's famous song, what people thought it was about smoking marijuana, everyone must get stoned. It's actually about stoning, being persecuted. Mm. Everyone mm. must be persecuted. Everybody must get stoned. Um, so, yeah, the persecution and then the... And Jesus' prayer that they all may be one. So, yeah, you have division and then you have unity. Yeah. And sin divides, grace gathers. And we all introduce people to Jesus when grace gathers once again, especially mm-hmm. in moments when sin divides. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's another question of faith this week. Uh, if you have a question, you could send that to me, mhayes at org. It would really help, if you're, especially if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. If you rate and review this podcast, it helps other people get to know who we are through you. You could introduce people to us just as you introduce people to Jesus. That would be great. And uh, you, know, you know how to do that. Just go on Apple Podcasts and you could find Rate and Review on there or the same with Spotify and uh, that would be very helpful. And so Brooke, thanks for joining us thanks once again. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And this has been Question of Faith. We'll have another one next week.